Smart Bride Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan's shop with you. Today we're talking about the 2013 Michigan State Spartans. Chase It Again is the name of the Substack series where we are reposting my articles from 2013 as the Spartans would go from unranked to Big Ten Rose Bowl champions, final ranking of number three in the final year before there was a college football playoff. They didn't get there in a straight line, although when you look back at it, you see a very clear turning point to me, that being the, eh, probably as we talked about last time, probably around the end of the half against Illinois. So as the Spartans are looking forward to Michigan, and that's what we're talking about this episode, as we were in the outlook moving forward, we, we kind of look back at what really was a crazy day in Champaign. It really was crazy. The offense did not look good for most of the first half. And then everything went Michigan State's way, and they pounded Illinois 28 nothing from there. It's funny because you look at the stat sheet for that one. Yeah, Connor Cook's 15 out of 16 with three TDs and a fumble. Well, that, that's not so bad. Well, it actually wasn't that good early in that game. It really was dangerous early in that game, but it was the turning point for Connor Cook. He survived the big eye of the storm, if you will. He fumbled on the goal line late in the first after a drive that had started on the Illinois 44. And this is after Mark D'Antonio, of course, stressing ball security, ball security. That error could have sent a downward spiral. It did not. And then there's a reverse gone wrong that ends up in a fumble. Early in the second, D'Antonio sticks with Cook. And then late in the half is really the drive of the season that kind of turns things around. Uh, Michigan State starts at their one, drove into field goal territory. Cook converts a third and one on the ground. Michigan State first and 10 from the 14. They call a timeout. They're going for a knockout punch. And then confusion happens. Cook takes a sack, loss of six, second down. He's sacked again. Michigan State's out of timeouts. It looks like Michigan State's going down with no points. Then Cook goes back, avoids a sack, throws it where there's two Illinois guys, and the ball goes through both hands to Benny Fowler for a touchdown. They go up 14-3. There was more good luck, as I wrote in this, and it may be true, There was more good luck in the offense's first half than there was in maybe the entire John L. Smith era. That that may be true looking back at it. I didn't realize when we did the Illinois show just how different it looks when you're looking back from here, when you're looking back after Michigan State goes crazy and wins all those games and wins all those championships in 2013. At the time, it looked like, holy cow, we, we just dodged a bullet here as, a, uh, uh, as, a, as an offense. And, and they really did. But to their credit, Cook gets into the halftime, shakes it off, and just tears the thing up from there. He used that really right or wrong as the turning point on what would be a remarkable run between that point and a point in 2015 where, unfortunately... 
Unfortunately, he gets injured in a play that honestly never should have happened that we'll talk about probably in a couple years. Connor Cook gets injured against Maryland, which is just unbelievable and uh, really changed the shape of the rest of his career, I believe. So the offense going into the Michigan game is feeling great. They're coming off of a huge second half at Illinois. They're coming off of surviving a heck of a storm in the first part of the game at Illinois where it looked rough. And they are running up against a Michigan team that probably can be handled. Uh, The numbers are the numbers when you talk about Michigan State-Michigan. The all-time best sibling rivalry in this country when it comes to football. I don't care about the era. I don't care about the records. In the modern era, as you know, I think Michigan has a two-game lead. The modern era absolutely began when Lloyd Carr and Nick Saban took over in 1995. So however wide somebody on either side of the rivalry wants to to tell you it's been, and I know it was tilted during the D'Antonio era and it was tilted during the, the Carr era, that's how close it's been since 1995. So just relax, folks. It's close. It's always been close. It's gonna remain close. And it's always decided on the ground. Almost always decided on the ground. Jim Bowman knew that. He was the run game coordinator for Michigan State in 2013. He knew what he was dealing with. This was the best line he had seen, or we had seen at Michigan State since 07. They were ready. They were ready to go out and show Michigan who was going to run the show, who was going to run the ball in 2013 as they met on November 2nd. We're looking back at 2013. We've arrived to the Michigan game on the schedule. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast and the Fans First Sports Network. Stuff Illinois to just those three points, and they were looking for an all-time snarl on November 2nd, 2013, when Michigan would come in. This was not Rich Rodriguez's offense, but there were still remnants of it. Brady Hoke and Al Borges were trying to bring back the pro-style roots to Michigan. They, they did not have a lot of success early. Uh, they didn't have enough horses. And they just quite frankly at this time, uh, 2013, 14, 15, the rosters weren't, weren't really competitive. Michigan State had a much better roster overall. Nobody cares about the star rankings. They don't care about the recruiting rankings or this or that. They care about how the teams played and how they were developed and who did what. And Michigan State ran the table on Michigan there uh, for a number of years. And 2013 was one of them. And Devin Garner was the quarterback at Michigan. He, he wasn't prepared. He was not prepared to handle Michigan State's defense. Uh, I think everybody kind of knew that. The ground game wasn't very strong. The defense was really looking to show up and turn up and make a loud statement a loud statement in Spartan Stadium hosting the University of Michigan. Spartan special teams didn't have to do very much against Illinois. They didn't have to do very much against Purdue. The main idea for this Michigan game was to make sure that they didn't do anything to put Michigan State in a bad spot. All signs were that this thing was continuing to head in the right direction from Spartan special teams and there wasn't too much to worry about there. They just wanted to play a clean game. So Spartan football had pretty much everything it wanted. It had a lot of momentum. 
It had the countdown clocks finally winding down to set up the 106th meeting between Michigan and Michigan State, the most bitter rival in the country, the best sibling rivalry in the sport. Michigan looked like it had holes, but maybe they could compete this time. Maybe this one could be close. You know, Michigan State, quite frankly, let 2012's game get away, and that never should have happened. That may have been a coaching philosophy gone wrong. That's for another day. That was just part of 2012. It was 2013, and Michigan State was ready to take control of the Legends division. Oh, golly, remember that? The Legends and Leaders. Woo. They were ready to take control of that and really take the thing and run with it as they got ready for Michigan on November 2nd of 2013. Perhaps another thought, that section was pretty short. But I made a pretty good point about ESPN's influence on the sport during this era. ESPN is going to go down in history as propping up and, and building up the SEC probably more than it, well, probably a good bit more than it deserved overall. That doesn't take their spot away from being the top conference in the sport, but for God's sake, there was no business LSU and Alabama playing again in a national title game. Holy cow, that, that just set the table. That was a long time before 2013, but the residuals had set in. And Michigan State being completely unranked, though having one loss and one controversial loss to, to Notre Dame up to that point, was about all that you needed to understand how powerful the influence was of ESPN. I know we talked last show, or last week, about the rankings and how much they're worth before November and how people that have to pick rankings don't get to see much more than highlights. And a lot of times, maybe they don't get to see that because they're doing work or they've got other stuff to do or they're a coach that's handed off the responsibilities of ranking the teams, etc. The point is ESPN had hammered the Big Ten for so long that they kept a Michigan State team that would end up third in the country completely unranked until November. I also note something that I still believe today. Michigan State, Michigan is perfect for right around uh, November 1st. I don't mind if it's on Halloween. I don't mind if it's a couple days before. I don't mind if it's November 5th or 6th. But man, is it really good at the start of November. Both teams are into their season. The game's going to mean more. It does nothing to overshadow the game, which is Ohio State-Michigan. And it does nothing to put, um, put really anybody else out of position. Michigan State, Michigan belongs at the start of November. I think that's a fantastic place for it. The only other place I'd be interested to see that football game would be to literally kick the season off. Yeah. Give me Michigan State, Michigan, the first game of the year. Not the first Big Ten game. Give it to me the first game of the year on Labor Day weekend or give it to me to start the month of November. I love it both ways. We're looking back at 2013. We've arrived to the Michigan State-Michigan week. We're going to talk about that game and recap it. Nearly 10 years gone now, right here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. The headline says it all. If you look back, Michigan State-Michigan 2013, Spartans 29, Michigan 6. Michigan State's defense just battered Michigan. Just battered them. 
29 to 6. It felt and it looked like a lot more. Michigan did start out with a field goal and take the lead. They did tie the game with a field goal later in the second quarter, and the Spartans rolled from there. This one is one of those that you see highlights. You see highlights of this one. You see highlights of 2014, 2015. This one was about letting the lion out of the cage. It might have been the first time we heard Mark D'Antonio fire off that line. He wanted that lion ready to come out of the cage at 3.30. And as he said after the game, that is what happened. Michigan State physically dominated and kicked Michigan all around Spartan Stadium. 29-6. Michigan State had something to say about it. Denikos Allen saying that this beatdown was a lot worse than the one Michigan got a couple years ago. Connor Cook threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, but th- th- this one was about, this one was really about the defense. This one, as Pat Marduzzi said in a football terminology, after the game, he said, we're going to bully people. That's the game of football. And in reality, that is the nature of the game. We can talk about whether it's still the case 10 years later. Player safety is important. Some people are concerned that football is taking out too much of that bully mentality. I don't think they're taking out too much of it. It's still in there. But when you talk about this game, you talk about other rivalry games across the country, it's kind of the hallmark of it. Spartans enter that game number one ranked in the country in total defense, and uh, they did not do anything to take a shine off that or take a step back. Michigan State beat Michigan at the point of attack. Michigan State beat Michigan really in every single category in this one. They were more excited to play. They had better players. They had a better scheme. They were better at executing. They were a little better on third down. Spartans held Wolverines 2 out of 14 on third down. Michigan State was 9 of 18. The rushing number is probably one that people will remember most from this game, and it does include sacks. Michigan had minus 48 yards rushing on 29 rushing attempts. This was arguably the biggest beatdown on this side of the rivalry. And it's a fun argument to have. Like, what was the biggest beatdown in the D'Antonio era of Michigan? A lot of folks that played in those teams will point to this one, as Allen did, of just how badly Michigan was overmatched and just they they couldn't move the ball, really had no chance to move it. It was 29-6. It it really wasn't that close. By this point, Michigan State was off and flying. They were 8-1. And And it's, it's so funny, too, because... I was talking about those rankings. Michigan State was ranked 22nd coming into this game. Michigan was somehow ranked 21st. And I only say somehow because they got beaten so badly that you would have thought if Michigan State was ranked 22nd and Michigan was ranked 42nd or maybe 52nd, eh, it might have been a more accurate evaluation or ranking. Please keep an eye and 
take the salt when you consider the rankings. However high or low your team is, however fast Michigan State climbs or falls this September and October, let's just keep it in uh, keep in mind that yeah, maybe they don't really start. Let, let's see where we are. everybody is in November, and then let's kind of each week in November maybe take the rankings a little more seriously. I'd worry much more about where you are in the Big Ten race or in your conference race. There was no race on November 2nd, 2013. Michigan State completely destroyed Michigan 29 to six. All the momentum that had been built in the second half of Illinois carried through the Michigan game. And now we're talking about compound interest, baby. Now we're talking about compound interest. For those that weren't sure Michigan State was what they looked like and appeared to be in the second half of Illinois, they were absolutely sure that the Spartans had arrived on the biggest stage and were ready to compete for a Big Ten championship and more after they destroyed Michigan, stuck them with minus 48 yards rushing and really not much of a sniff of the end zone. 29 to six, Michigan State over Michigan in 2013. This was one for reflection. This was one for the record books. And this was one that will be remembered again as we look back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartans. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast. I am Jonathan Shop. We will be back soon. And we've got, oh, a handful of regular season games to get through and then a couple of playoff games as we chase it again and look back at the 2013 Spartan football team. On the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of this here, Fans First Sports Network.